nuclear weapons yeah. for sure. Russell Bentley, I, uh, I've been in the media for over 50 years and I've never seen uh, such a control of information here in the West and on the internet too of, of on this Russian thing, right? Probably 99% of the, of the information is exactly opposite of what you're saying. Well, you know, it's, it's literally the exact opposite <laughs> of the truth. I know. I mean, I wrote an article a couple of months ago in which there was, in March of this year, there were two attacks, two ballistic missile attacks by the Ukrainian army on the city of Donetsk. One happened on the 14th of March. It was a Tochka-U missile with cluster bombs. Um, it was intercepted by our air defense, but out of 50 cassettes of cluster bombs, two actually detonated on uh, University Avenue. It was a uh, Monday afternoon at like 12.30 in the afternoon. Civilian city center, 24 people were killed and like 40 were very seriously injured. And there was, I mean, there was a photograph taken of that day in Donetsk of the aftermath of that attack. You know, several dead bodies laying in the street, a man standing there with his with his face in his hands, weeping over the body of his dead wife, who'd just been murdered by this missile attack by the Ukrainian army. And the next day, the very next day, that photograph was put on the front page of an Italian newspaper called La Stampa. And it said, the headline was, The Carnage. You know, Russian attacks against Ukraine continue. And you understand, this is a photograph of a brutal, savage, mass murder, war crime attack on civilians by the Ukrainian army. And here's this Italian newspaper showing the photograph and implying that it was Russians attacking Ukrainians. Then on the 30th of March, there was another ballistic missile attack in my neighborhood in Petrovsky district in Donetsk where a ballistic missile hit an apartment building and it blew like half of the first of the top three floors completely off, you know. Uh, people were again killed. It was early in the morning. You know, again, no military targets anywhere around, just civilian area terrorist attack by the Ukrainian army against civilians in the Donetsk People's Republic. And the next day, Again, the photograph is on the front page of the New York Post, and it says, Russian attacks against Ukraine continue. Kiev braces for attack. Mm. You know, implying that, you know, this was a, a Russian attack against, I mean, and I wrote this article, and I put the, the, these, you know, screenshots of these front pages next to me standing on University Avenue where the man was standing weeping over his wife, of me standing in front of this apartment building that got blown up. You know, and that's, I mean, that's perfect examples of, of the Western media telling the exact opposite of the truth, blaming the victims for their own crimes. Wow. And it's going on on every outlet here, like National Public Radio, the BBC, all the mainstream media. 
It's all about, you know, Russia. They've all become trash. They've all become killing civilians. outlets that have nothing, nothing to do with the truth. You know, hmm. I mean, uh, wow. To me, you know, to me, someone watching mainstream Western media, you know, it's like, you know, the people that get their information from Western mainstream media. It's like watching a grown adult pick their nose and eat their boogers. You know, I mean, it's it's literally that disgusting for me, you know. And the thing is that, you know, it's like this, you know. Well, I mean, and, and, then, and then you and you go tell them, you go, hey, look, man, don't eat your boogers. Don't eat your <laughs> don't boogers. Do it's don't bad do. for you. It's don't disgusting. Do. You know what the hell's wrong with you? And they and they get they get angry. They 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 get insulted. They're like, "Hey, there's nothing wrong with it. You know these are these boogers are good. You know." And it's like, it's that crazy. You know you can't really it's that crazy. You can't I, really reason or reach people like that. They're 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 like a mad dog or brainwashed or zombie or something. And that's probably about ninety seven percent of the U.S. population now. You know. I believe that. That's and, probably all of the above, I mean, Russell. You know, God love them, but they have been brainwashed, zombified, and they just can't see the forest for the trees. I know you're right, and it's it's going to be well, it's man, not going to end well for this country. It's not going to end it's well. It's not going to end well for the United States huh? or Europe. It's not. And you know, really, I mean, and the thing is, you know, I have friends and family that I love in the United States that, you know, I I wish nothing at all bad for you know, but. I can tell you that most of them are not at all like the majority of people um, in the West, you know, and I can tell you that they do understand what's going on. They do know who their enemy is. They do know what's coming, and they're getting quite prepared for it, you know. I mean, in every way that they can be prepared. And, Hmm. you know, and it's going to be tough times, but, you know, most of those guys will probably make it. You know what I mean? And you think about it. Sure. If 90%, 97% are zombies, that leaves 3% who aren't. And 3% of the U.S. population, that's about 10 million people. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I think one of the biggest challenges this country faces, and I may be wrong, but there's probably 100 million people that believe that Donald Trump is going to save them, you know. And and I, I think I, I don't think that's well thought out myself, but I may be wrong. That's not well thought out at all. That's just that's more chumps. You know, I mean, it's like uh, hmm. I mean, Trump is a billionaire. Every billionaire on this planet is a thief, is an enemy of humanity. You know, Trump, you know, I mean, you look at Trump. I mean, he was buddies with Jeffrey Epstein for 30 years, and that's. That's a proven, documented fact, and I don't think he just was hanging out with Epstein just to, uh, you know, twirl the dreidel with him. You know, whatever. And I'll tell you something else. You know, Trump's personal lawyer is Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani is one of the dudes that did 9/11. Is that right? That made that happen. And I don't mean let the Arabs in. I mean. Let the dudes with the uh, controlled demolition in. Oh, you mean into the building, and, into the building to do the to yeah, do the bombs? Yeah, exactly. I've read you know, that. And and Trump, you know, he he lived in New York City his whole life. You know, 
he's not really all that smart of a guy in my opinion you know but you know there's no way that he lived in new york city in the circles that he moved in and didn't know what really happened that day and so you know he has one of the guys that did it to be his personal lawyer no you know i mean you know anyone that thinks trump you know and you know I, i'll say this it was fortunate enough that the number of people that voted against hillary clinton was so high that they weren't able that that the amount that that election was rigged was not enough to keep trump from becoming president you think that's what it happened fortunate yeah. that trump went to the white house instead of hillary clinton you know but you know hillary clinton's probably you know one of the you know most evil human beings on this planet so you know it certainly was a choice of lesser of two evils you know the people you know i mean and obviously you know the election with biden was you know they learned their lesson from trump and they made sure they, made they you know cheated enough that there was no way that trump could retain the white house you know and it's like you know voting in the united states is a game for fools full stop period end of the story it's voting in the united states is simply political masturbation because it might feel good for a little while but it's completely meaningless it's it's actually self-deception and it does nothing it's a waste of resources waste of time and in the end all it does is leave a mess that somebody's going to have to clean up sooner or later you know the political system in the united states is absolutely completely rigged uh you know it's you know voting means nothing they choose you know it's 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 a circus you know for for feeble-minded you know and and idiots yes you know what needs to be done in the united states has nothing to do with voting or with writing letters to your representative or hitting like on a facebook what needs to be done in the united states is what was done in the united states back in 1776 you know what was done in cuba in 1959 what what we've done here in the donbass over the last eight years people are going to have to stand up they're going to have to fight against genuine nazis some of them are going to have to die you know maybe a lot of them maybe all of them are going to have to die but if they don't fight against them then guaranteed that they will all die and their children if they have any left will just simply be slaves you know they'll be used for sex slaves or organs or you know or meat here's an email for you russell does he deny that russia illegally invaded ukraine over eight years ago yes that's a stupid question and uh russia did not invade ukraine russia is it was not in ukraine until march of 2022 the russian and i've been here and i can tell you with my own eyes that I have seen that there was no organized Russian military units here until March of 2022. 
So no, Russia did not invade Ukraine. It was people here standing up on their own land, defending themselves against the real invaders, which was the U.S. and NATO that came in, put their puppet government in power, and then unleashed genuine Nazis. Hmm. So that's that's an ex- excellent example of uh, someone that is completely clueless, gets their information from the mainstream media, and knows exactly nothing. They you know they think they know it all, but they don't know anything about. I understand. It. They're not qualified to have an opinion. The the link he the link he sent for this is uh, is the Wikipedia. Wikipedia is so... Ah, well, he's obviously a genius because <laughs> Wikipedia, Wikipedia we know, is absolutely always accurate and impartial. Yeah, right. I mean, it's just the worst place ever. Unless you want to find somebody's birthday, they're probably okay with that. But that's as close as you can you can do. Uh, here's a uh, email. Is, is your guest a communist or a Marxist? What is his political views? I am a communist. I am a communist. I've been a communist... Since 1995, when I went to Cuba, and when I was there, I had a conversation with a captain in the Cuban army, and I said, uh, at that time, I said, well, I'm a socialist, and she said, I'm a communist, and I said, well, what's the difference? And she said, a communist is someone that's willing to fight for socialism, and I said, oh, well, then I'm a communist, too. And I am a communist. I served in a communist combat unit here in Donbass. My idea of communism is this, that any civilized society needs to have a level, a standard of living below which no citizen in that civilization, that society exists. You know, they need to have a safe place to stay, enough food to eat, medical care, education to the extent of their abilities, you know, a job or something that's meaningful and not just, you know, slave work or begging. And how do you pay for that? By making, you you make a limit on how poor people can be by making a limit on how rich people can be. And I'm not a communist that says, oh, you know, the brain surgeon and the street sweeper both need to make, you know, five bucks an hour or whatever. No, there's plenty of leeway between the top and the bottom. But you know what? Like I said, every billionaire on this planet is a thief. No one can earn a billion dollars, a thousand million dollars. There's nobody smart enough. There's nobody that worked hard enough. There's nobody that, you know, came up with such a great idea that they can earn themselves a thousand million dollars, a thousand million dollars. And you understand that these most richest billionaires have now hundreds of billions, hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars. Nobody can earn that. It can only be stolen. It can only be expropriated. You know, big Bill Haywood, one of the great uh, labor activists of the early 1900s, he once said, And it's true. He said, every dollar that a man has that he didn't work for is a dollar that some other man worked for and didn't get paid. And so that's what I say. I say there shouldn't be any billionaires. I mean, what's the limit? I don't know. A hundred million bucks. That's a lot of money. I don't think anybody needs more than that. 
but I guarantee you nobody needs a billion, nobody earns a billion, nobody deserves a billion. If you take all the money from these billionaires, just do the math. Take all the money from all the billionaires, let them keep a hundred million, tell them that nobody, nobody gets to have more than a hundred million of complete, not income, but their complete assets and everything they own, no more than a hundred million, and then take that money and that pays housing for everybody, feeding everybody, free medical care for everybody, free education for everybody. And, you know, I mean, that's an idea that's so good, only an idiot could uh, be against it. Okay, fair enough. Um, what do you, do you think that the Davos crowd are going to pull off some kind of financial reset and will just happen in places other than Russia, China, India? I mean, what's your opinion on that? Have you been studying this? Sure I have. And uh, I, I certainly think they're working on it. And I think that uh, it's not going to work in Russia and China. I mean, I know that there's, you know, that there are, um, what would you say, like fifth columnists in Russia and China, you know, that uh, are, are working for the Davos crowd, but uh, it isn't, they're not going to be able to pull it off in Russia for sure and in China for sure, you know. Hopefully the other countries at least of BRICS, will uh, will be able to uh, prevent it from there. But the, there's there's absolutely going to be a complete collapse of the dollar, a complete collapse of the euro, and uh, there's going to have to be some kind of uh, monetary reset after that. You know, I, I wouldn't want to live in the United States or Europe when that happens. It'll almost certainly be a digital currency which uh, will lead to you know either you know complete digital ID or if not the microchip yes sir which is you know their ultimate goal for anybody that they don't want to just go ahead and exterminate but uh, definitely that's what they're working on that's what they're working towards I believe the central banks around the world IMF and the rest of them, uh, ECB, they're going to do some kind of digital currency and tie it in, as you say, to get injected in travel and social credit score and the whole thing. I think that's their goal, and I'm sure there will be 100 million or so people in this country that will jump on board, maybe more. Well, those that do are going to deserve everything they get. <laughs> it won't be good. It won't be pretty. Uh, here's an email for you. Um, would your, does your guest... Um, would he consider living in Russia or would he ever come back to the United States? Two questions. I'm uh, actually a citizen. I have a passport from the Donetsk People's Republic and I also have a Russian passport. I'm a citizen of Russia. How are you? Huh. Um, I'm, I'm very happy here. I mean, like I said, Russia is the biggest country in the world. There's uh, plenty of places I can travel on a Russian passport. Uh, I've been invited already to visit China, um, you know, Syria as well. Um, so there's there's no no small amount of places that I can go with Russian citizenship, Russian passport. Uh, if I ever go back to the United States, I'll be going back to liberate the United States, just exactly like we are liberating Ukraine right now, which is to 
liberate the good people and denazify and demilitarize the United States. Hmm. Um, how did uh, Zelensky get in there? I mean, we're being told that this was a real live, a real fair election. So did the people vote for him thinking that he was a good guy? Well, I mean, first of all, it depends on your definition of a fair election. Okay. You know, first of all, Zelensky was picked by the United States. Yes, sir. He was groomed for the position for years. I mean, he actually, he was a comedian in which, you know, whenever you see an actor getting into politics, you need to <laughs> be very skeptical and concerned about that. You know, this yes, is sir. the same shit as uh, Ronald Reagan and... Uh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And now we see this again with Zelensky, who actually was a comedian that played, he had a, a television series in Ukraine where he played the president of Ukraine. And so, strangely enough, he ends up being picked to run against Poroshenko. I mean, so, you know, both, both, both of the candidates, just like in the United States, are completely owned by the corporations, the oligarchs, you know, the genuine fascists. And, uh, and so then the people have the choice between, uh, you know, you know, two already sold out, completely corrupt sure. individuals, you know. Yeah. Zelensky, you know, people did get a chance to vote, and people voted for Zelensky because... You know, he went in as the anti-war candidate. He said, I'm going to end the war in Donbass. I'm going to bring peace to Ukraine. And uh, he's actually been a worse war criminal than uh, even Poroshenko was. So, hmm. you know, um, okay. same shit, different pile. Com you know, chosen by the oligarchs and, uh, you know, and, and voted for based on absolute lies that he completely did the opposite of once he got into office. How, I wonder, do you have any take or inside info, intel on where all of this money that the United States is sending Ukraine is going? I think it's probably 50 billion or something. Do we have any idea who's ending up with this money? Well, I mean, everybody, that's anybody. It's been known from the Hunter Biden laptop that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden himself, you know, it, when it first came out, they said, oh, yeah, Hunter Biden's getting 50000 a year salary for doing nothing for to sit on the board of Burisma. Huh. But no, the emails came out, you know, between Hunter and Joe Biden, they've stolen billions, billions in kickbacks and, in, you know, under the table payoffs. Uh, Zelensky himself, it was recently revealed. <clears throat> Um, since he's become president, uh, he has a bank account in a British bank in Central America that has uh, over $1.2 billion in it. That's besides the money that he spent on his $30 million mansion in Miami and who knows where else. Hmm. I mean, wow. uh, you know, all the oligarchs, everybody in the government, I mean, the weapons that the United States has sent are already being sold on the black market in the Middle East and Africa. You know, all the human aid that's been, I mean, what to the extent that it was actual human aid, you know, it's 
it's getting diverted it's not going to people it's ending up on store shelves you know for sale you know uh there's there's nothing in ukraine that has improved since the maidan coup in any way the 50 billion that uh the united states has sent here has just been diverted you know i mean it's it hasn't gone towards anything to help out the you know regular people of ukraine which reminds me of something that i it's a question that i always like to ask my friends back in the united states and uh this is a really important question and i hope your listeners and you too patrick will think about this okay when is the last time that the u.s government did something anything that improved the lives hmm. of the regular working people of the united states name one thing name one thing i understand it just isn't there yeah it just isn't there uh, so what about uh, before we go on a couple of things the other people i mean there must be millions of displaced people ukrainians right who um or are they are they what do you think they're going to do stick around try to rebuild or many of them flooding another across the borders of other countries well you know and this is a it's a very interesting statistic uh it's very illustrative um the place with the most ukrainian refugees is russia oh they're going to russia yeah, there's like three million Ukrainians in Russia right now. Um, huh. There's a lot in Poland. A lot of them have gone to the EU, um, particularly since this uh, Operation Z started, because you know the EU has been like, "Oh, we welcome immigrants and refugees and come on in." But the people in the EU are already getting very, very tired of these uh, antics of these Ukrainians, and particularly when they see. You know, some Ukrainian pulls up in a brand new Mercedes Benz, a hundred thousand euro machine, and he wants to collect his welfare, and he wants a you know a free hotel room because he's a refugee, and da da da, and he's complaining, you know, because the, uh, you know, his eggs are overcooked on his free breakfast or whatever, you know. I mean, so, you know, um, the Ukrainian people have a bad reputation particularly the ones who have left you know and th and there's a there's there's just a huge difference between the people of western ukraine and the people of eastern ukraine and the people here you know most of them haven't left even though they've been under shelling for eight years here you know i mean and 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 a, a fair number have, but the majority have stayed. I mean, there's doctors here, you know, that are, you know, experts in their field. They could, you know, and they make, I don't know, a couple of thousand dollars a month, maybe, as expert surgeons, doctors. Hmm. And they know that with their skills, with their educations, with their qualifications, they could go to Europe or the United States and make a couple of thousand dollars an hour but yet they stay here and they treat people that are wounded from shelling they you know 
treat wounded soldiers, you know, stuff like that. They save lives. You know, I mean, and it's the same thing with a, with a lot of people, you know, I mean, every, you know, it's like, you know, the good people are staying. You know, I mean, the patriotic people and the people that only care about themselves, you know, they're going wherever they think they can get the best deal. Mm-hmm. Is, is Putin welcoming uh, Ukrainians in and... They're handing, they're giving them Russian citizenship. Wow, really? Hmm. They're handing out Russian passports already in uh, Kharkov. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, the people in the Donetsk People's Republic, at least, I mean, which is about uh, 1.2 million people in this republic. And uh, half a million of them have. Russian passports, Russian passports already. Wow. So is most of all, most of the action so far, the military action been in the east of Ukraine, where you are? Or? Um, yes, yeah. That's what much. I see I on mean, the maps, but I don't know if the maps are accurate, Russell. You never know. They're, they're, I mean, they're pretty accurate. I mean, because, you know, there's no way of faking that. I mean, if you look at the map, you can see that the major cities... The front line is right on on the city limits of those cities, like Donetsk. Like I said, hmm. ten miles from where I'm sitting, less than ten miles, is the front line and Ukrainian army concentrations. You know, the same for the other major cities of of the Donbass people or Donetsk People's Republic. But what's happening is is that the there was a major concentration of military uh, Ukrainian military along that front line. It was getting ready to assault the DPR cities. That was stopped by the intervention of the Russian army. But those front lines are heavily, heavily fortified. They've been working on their defenses, their bunkers. You know, it's like the Maginot line for eight years. There's no way for us to make a frontal assault on that without tremendous casualties, you know, like, you know, kamikaze. Hmm. So what the Russians are doing is coming around from behind them and surrounding them. And then basically that's what we did in Mariupol, that's what we're doing in uh, the other cities, and that's what we're gonna do to the Donbass front. I mean, there's no, there's no hurry for Russia to do what needs to be done. The outcome of this war was without question from the moment that the Russians came in. You know, Mexico would have a better chance of winning a land war against the United States than Ukraine has against Russia, with or without NATO. So what if, what if and, NATO would, would muster all the forces they could and go in and try to push Putin back? Could they do it? Would Do they have enough juice to do that? No, they can't do it. They can't... If, if the hmm. Russians, if NATO comes in and starts directly so fighting Russians, game over, huh? Russia will go to the English Channel, and there's nothing outside of nuclear weapons that NATO could do to stop it. Wow. And that's a fact. I mean, this is not just my opinion or me bragging or something. There's been many, many, you know, war games, you know, that have been played over the last decade where they say no. You know, if, if, if Russia did decide to attack Europe, NATO 
you know, in a full-scale war, and you understand that what Russia is doing in Ukraine <clears throat> is involving less than 15% of its military power. 15%? How do you, you know, know that? How do you know that number? Well, you can simply, you can, you can go to, well, not Wikipedia, <laughs> but you can go to any, like, historical military site, and you can look at the numbers of how many people are in the Russian army and how many people the Russian army has put in to Ukraine. The Russian army has more than a million soldiers active duty. Million? Whoa. And they're using less than 150,000 in Ukraine. Boy, that sure is That's different 15%. story than what we're getting here in the military, which is why we wanted to have you on. Um, wow. So, so what do you think in your opinion, I mean, you're right there, and you have been for 10 years almost, of what Putin's plan is. It, is he going in, liberating cities, and then trying to just find the, the swampy Nazis and killing them? Or what, what is he doing, really? He, 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 it's, and he said it exactly. He said it specifically and, he, and literally exactly. He said to denazify and demilitarize Ukraine. Wow. To neutralize Ukraine as a military threat to the Russian Federation. Russia does not want to occupy Ukraine. It will not occupy Ukraine. It will kick out the Nazis. It will allow people to have as fair of elections as they are anywhere. And, uh, you know, as long as they aren't Nazis and as long as they're not a threat to Russia, Russia is going to let them do whatever they want. And and help them to the extent that they can, because Ukraine will not survive without Russia's help. That's for sure. And Russia doesn't want another Libya or Somalia failed state right on its border. So Russia is going to help out. They're going to give humanitarian aid. They're going to give, uh, you know, economic and building materials and stuff like that. So, so that Ukraine can be good. You know, it's like in Grozny in Chechnya. You know, there was two terrible, terrible wars that were fought there, you know, that were again instigated by CIA, NATO secret services, uh, basically using uh, Al-Qaeda and uh, ISIS, you know, Muslim jihadis against Russia. And uh, there was two wars there. Russia won both wars. I mean completely defeated in the second war. And now in Grozny, which was a city that 20 years ago was was flattened to the ground, totally, absolutely, completely destroyed. <clears throat> and, and now it's a thriving city. It's beautiful. It's absolutely modern. It's clean. Everything works. And the people there are happy and prosperous. And Russia is going to do the same thing with uh, with the parts of Ukraine that it liberates. I think that Russia will allow, in the end, and, and perhaps even the deal's already been made, they'll allow NATO to come in to a certain extent into western Ukraine. And then that will be allow you know, that will be like the refuge for all the Nazis that can get away to get away. I believe, and I mean, this is only my belief, and, and it's what I would do if I was 
in charge of the Russian military. I would I would take everything east of Kiev. I would I would make the border the new border a line between Chernobyl, which is on the Belarusian border just east of Kiev in the north, down to the northern tip of Moldova. And everything east of that will be under Russia's protection, and everything west of that will be under whoever wants it, Poland or NATO or, you know, they can make their own new country, Galicia or whatever they want. But there's really nothing worth anything in Western Ukraine. It's, uh, hmm. you know, it's one of the, you know, most resourceless, poverty-stricken, useless, uneducated, you know, really infected with Nazism and nationalism population. You know, it's anything, you know, anything west of Kiev ain't worth having, ain't even worth talking about. And that's about. away Certainly from his border. And that's away from his border, so that's why he'll leave it alone. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, if they make it that line, then Russia has the buffer zone of you know, the good guy, our Ukraine, it has the buffer zone of Belarus and Moldova between it and the NATO powers, you know. So I think that's how it's going to end up. And I think that Russia will allow NATO to come in to a certain degree up to that line in order to save face and so they can, you know, tell their populations, oh, the cavalry came and saved the day, you know, and we couldn't save all of Ukraine, but oh, we, we got half of it. <laughs> tracks. You know, I mean, just some kind of, you know, political kabuki theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but again, Russia has the biggest geographical country in the world. They don't need any more land. They don't need to take anything from anybody. They have the strongest currency. They have a robust economy. They have food, fuel financial and military security the people here are doing just fine we don't need to take anything from anyone else so why would we hmm. so do you have any insights on on that big number that supposedly these sanctions were able to um, steal or, or tie up within Russia's reserves and banks do you understand do you know what went on with that I never got the oh yeah full yeah, story yeah, on yeah. That. so yeah and it's really funny because the, the, I think the amount that they stole, which basically by freezing, you know, if, if you put money in a bank account and it's your money and then you go, hey, I want to spend my money and the bank says, no, we're not giving it to you. You know, that's, that's literally stealing the money. Right. I mean, you know, semantics aside, if it's your money and somebody won't give it to you, they stole it. From right. Them. Exactly. And that's what the United States did. I think it was 50 billion uh, U.S. dollars that Russia had deposited in, in uh, U.S. banks for, you know, in order to make, you know, big financial deals with and stuff. Uh -huh. And the United States froze it. And, of course, you know, 50 billion ain't chump change by any means. But, again, remember that the excess profits from 
the sanctions because of the the price of oil the increase in the price of oil the excess profits for Russian gas and oil exports because of these sanctions is a billion dollars a day wow wow so you know i mean of, of course they're not happy about their 50 billion dollars getting ripped off and they do want it back but i mean you know they made more than that back in well, two months already so well the rule you know, of law it's not like they're desperate yeah. or crying you know? the, the rule of law russell's kind of gone out the window with all this stuff right sanctions and he'll probably never see that 50 billion i wonder why he didn't pull that out before he left and that probably was a mistake right he should have pulled that well out. i mean i think that if there's one mistake that the uh, the russian political and military leadership has made it's been to underestimate the ruthlessness and depravity uh, of their opponents, you yeah. know? I mean, and, and of course, and you understand also that, I mean, this thing with the $50 billion, it's really, really backfired, you know, just like the thing with renegotiating the gas prices from the EU, is that now, you know, there's a lot of countries that are going to think twice, and they're or maybe three, three times and then pull their money out from U.S. banks, their, you know, reserve money that they're, that is being held in U.S. banks. Because if they can do it to the Russians, you know, they can do it to the Chinese, they can do it to the Indonesians, they can do it to the Mexicans, the Brazilians, you know. And, and so, you know, the loss of faith, like you said, in the rule of law, in the... Uh, honest business dealings of the United States is going to cost the U.S. way, way, yes. way more than $50 billion, you know? Right. And, I mean, and it's, it's, it's one, of the, one of the main things that's going to lead to the absolute collapse of the U.S. dollar. The absolute and, and collapse the end, of the U.S. And the end dollar. of the uh, dollar being the world's reserve currency, which, as you know, is a big thing to have, and that's going to end. That'll end. That, that's... It's already it's, ended. It's already ended, bro. It's, uh, it's gone, right? Yeah. You know, there's there's still some, you know, some 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 what do you call it? The death jerks or whatever, but uh, that dog is dead. Yeah, it's just, just it's just not happening. Um, so before we go, can you offer some various websites, whatever you have, where they could go online now and kind of keep up to date with what's really going on other than mainstream media. Russell, do you have any places you could recommend? Sure. You know, I mean, first of all, I want to say that it's really essential for people to find out what the truth is. You know, yes. I mean, the easiest way is to just watch mainstream media and then know that the truth is the exact opposite <laughs> of every single thing that they say. That's the easy way to do it. Um, right? That's an easy way. But I mean, and that I mean that and that I, literally works. I know, I'm with you. But um, you know, I mean, I had a website. I mean, I had a YouTube account. Um, I got it got deleted right at the beginning of Operation Z. Uh, I had a Facebook account. It got deleted a couple of years ago. I had a Twitter account. For about a year, it got deleted back in 2016. <laughs> I mean, uh, really, there's a genuine information war that's going on. You know, censorship 
is the tool of the liars and the criminals. You know, the you know the three free exchange of ideas is the only hope for progress of humanity. So those who do the censorship, and you can see it, you know, completely across the board. You know, especially I mean, even Google search results are being skewed now. Even Duck Duck Go. Yes, sir. They're going. Is, is are being skewed now, and so. What I'm on right now, I'm on a thing. It's called V Contact. V Contact. And it's V K O N T A K T. And it's basically it's like Russian Facebook or something. So spell that There's again. Spell it again. V K. It's like contact, but with a K instead of a C. K O N T A K T. Oh. Or you can just you can just search for V K. Okay. And it'll come right up. And that's kind of like a it's like huge, a Eastern it's huge uh, social media. Social media, huh? Be contact. It's yeah. the biggest after uh, after Facebook, six hundred million. Wow. And it's, I mean, and it's superior to Facebook in every single way. It takes a little bit of getting used to, and I mean, but if you use a browser that has a built-in translation app, or like for me, I use Firefox. And you put in the add-on that you know at translation add-on, and you know you click, you double click, and all of a sudden everything's in English, huh. and it's and it's uh, it's an excellent excellent platform. I I mean, and and censorship there, as long as you're not uh, putting up porno or advocating uh, you know murdering mm-hmm. you know government officials or you know, porno or something like that, it's not going to, you're not going to get even hear about getting censored. You know, so... So I could, uh, I can send you a, also, I can send you a link to this video and then you can put it on there? Sure, of cool. course, I, and you bet I will. Man. I will. You bet I will. I'll, I'll send you a link. And I appreciate all these other alternatives. You know, I mean, and there's still some good guys on YouTube. Uh, <clears throat> Max Blumenthal, yeah. uh, The Gray Zone is a good source. Max Blumenthal. Um, v. Duran is also a pretty good source. Um, on they have a channel on uh, on YouTube and also on some of the other, you know, Rumble and I don't know, I don't even know what the other alternatives are. I'm going to be getting on those too. I have three websites right now. I have uh, RussellTexasBentley.com. Okay. I have RussellTexasBentley.info, <laughs> and I have a brand new one called RussellTexasBentley.org. I see. And the first two, uh, somehow I'm locked out of. I can't update them anymore. That's why I started the third one, .org. And uh, I've just started that in the last couple of days. I'm working on getting that uh, up and running, and it'll be really good. Uh, you can find a lot of <clears throat> old archive material, a lot of historical material on uh on, on my other two websites. Another interesting, very interesting uh, alternative media is called Telegram. Yeah, we were on that. Kinda, yeah. Yeah, that's like uh, Russian Twitter, more or less. And it's 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 excellent. It's um, a messaging app. It's very uh, high security, end-to-end encryption. And uh, there's a lot of excellent alternative media on there as well. I'm on there. There's a lot of also uh, great alt media on there, you know. But, I mean, the thing is, 
you know, I mean, the people that don't know anything about it have to study up and learn about it. You know, the people that do or should at this point know about it, they don't really need any more evidence. I mean, you know, for eight years, we've seen who it is that does the false flags, who it is that bombs the civilians, who it is that tortures the prisoners, who it is that wears the swastikas. You know, I mean, it's not a question of, well, you know, maybe it was uh, the other guys. No, I mean, it's a war between good and evil. And the people that have been following this for a while, you know, anyone with any sense, you know, they don't need to see another, you know, tortured prisoner or, you know, something like that because they already know which side is doing it and which guy's the good guys and which guy's the bad guys. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, let's see. I'd wonder, oh, yeah, finally, finally. Then we'll let you go. I know it's getting late there. Um, you have painted a picture somewhat, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Russell, but of a, possibly a benevolent kind of a more real critical thinking um, dictator in Putin. Do you think that's, I mean, do you really think he's thinking clearly and wants the best for a lot of people or is he just another snaky yeah. politician that wants it all for himself? No, 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 no. I mean, <clears throat> if Putin wanted it all for himself, he could have took it back in 2000 when he was first president. Hmm. You know, I mean, uh, this guy, I mean, he's the greatest statesman of the 21st century. Really? By orders of magnitude, you can't, you can't name another national statesman, particularly from the West, that doesn't look like a pygmy in comparison to Putin. I mean, he's a military genius. He's a uh, diplomatic genius. You know, he's also a black belt, eighth degree in judo and ninth degree in taekwondo, which makes him, you know, one of probably, you know, less than 50 martial artists in the world who've reached that uh, apex of that art, you know. And he's actually, you know, as, as, as according to everything that I've seen, you know, he's not only a nice guy, but he's a very cool guy. He's a very cool guy. You know, I mean, so what does he need? You know, I mean, his, his mission is to save Russia. And by doing, by saving Russia, he will save humanity. So, I mean, how much Rotorua Cristal champagne do you need to drink before <laughs> you forget about that mission? How many you know, private yachts and, you know, private Mercedes or Bentleys or whatever do you need before, you know, you get distracted from that mission. You know, his his brother died in the siege of Leningrad by the German Nazis of starvation. You know, I mean, so, <clears throat> and I guarantee he's never forgotten that. Well, I hope you're right about and that, so, Putin. Now, I hope you're right. That'd be nice. We need a couple. I, I, we need I some mean, good guys, I right? right so, we, but I mean, we need some I'll good guys. What, he is his his inner circle: uh, Lavrov, uh, Shoigu, the defense minister, and especially uh, uh, Lavrov, who's the uh, state department head of the Russian State Department, foreign minister. You know, those guys are really cool too. Uh, Dmitry Medvedev, I think, also is really cool. He uh, for a long time, he seemed to be 
kind of like a fifth columnist, like uh, like very pro-Western type dude, you know, willing to sell out for a piece of the pie. But now it's it, it, the way he's acting now, it seems like that might have all been, you know, just a charade, an act in order to accomplish certain things in the last eight years that needed doing, you know, because Medvedev at this point, at least the way he's talking, you know, he's talking as tough as uh, as as anybody, you know. And uh, do you think there's any truth to the cancer Putin rumors thing? No, I don't think so. I mean, uh, for they, you know, they've been saying that Putin was dying for years. I mean, <laughs> you know, he is, uh, you know, he's 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 a he's a He's an apex sportsman. You know, I don't think that he does anything unhealthy. I mean, I think he's very, very careful not to allow himself to be poisoned. Like, you know, like say, for example, example Hugo Chavez, you know, uh, you know, some of these guys that died of cancer that, you know, came on real suddenly and mysteriously out of nowhere. I don't think there's any truth to that. I mean, uh, hmm. And really, <clears throat> I mean, I don't think there's any truth to it. But at this point, um, if if he was sick, then he's getting the the most the greatest care in the world. And uh, you know, he's he's a tough guy. And if he is sick, he's gonna he's gonna tough it out. And uh, if 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 he dies, he's gonna leave things in such a way that. If he if he's not there to finish the job, he's going to leave some people that will finish it. Any sense of what uh, the Russian people are thinking? Does he have support there? Do they think he's crazy, crazy land, or are they supporting they love him? him? In fact, since this uh, Operation Z started, I mean, he's got like 81 percent support. Is that right? Among Russian people. Wow, wow. Which is just about the opposite, opposite of, of, of Biden, Biden, right? He's got a 20% approval rating, Biden. What a, uh, what a mess this is here, Russell. You, you should, you know, you've been here. It's just, it's just disgraceful what's going on in this country. It's just terrible, just terrible. And you know, I mean, and, and I'm not prejudiced against anybody, you know, being a communist, <laughs> I can't be a nationalist, I can't be a racist. I'm an egalitarian, <laughs> being, you know. Uh, being a commie that I am. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, you know, I mean, the, the most craziest thing to me, and I'm not prejudiced against gays either. Um, you know, and but to me, it's, you know, this, uh, all this transgender bullshit and the reverse racism, you know, and the, uh, that's the weird the, stuff the going on, right? Yeah, of, that's what's going on. Censorship and trans. I mean, that's 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 beyond. I mean, it's and beyond. the thing is, and you know who's really who really does a great job about really tearing that up is the uh, the comedian Dave Chappelle, who I really admire yeah. a lot, man. Yeah, and he's like, I don't care. You can you can be anything you want. You know, if you want to say you're a little pony, that's fine. Whatever you want. But to what degree do you expect me? to modify my life to go along with your fantasy or whatever yeah. you know and that's the ultimate question you know Ricky Gervais and, is pretty uh, cool too you know him Ricky Gervais who Ricky Gervais oh yeah yeah he's cool 
But you know what's interesting? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so this whole woke thing is imploding on on culture here. Uh, Netflix, who got real woke, they've just fired another three hundred people. Nobody wants their stuff. It's all this woke, trans, weird stuff, right? Hollywood is pretty much done. You know, the only thing they can do is Tom Cruise, right? Uh, so. Yeah, it, things are changing here. You know, there's going to be some big changes in this country. I, I really hope so. That's exactly what it needs. I mean, uh, and it ain't going to come from voting. It's going to come from torches and pitchforks. <laughs> pitchforks. Maybe some guillotines. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, people got to understand that, you know, it's them or us. You know, the parasite class is planning to exterminate the working class and the middle class, and most of the upper class. And they're going to do it if you let them. So, you know, on your feet or on your knees, the choice is yours. Well, that might sound outrageous, it, but you, if you look at the numbers of these injections, this is a big, you've, you've, there's no media at all coming near what's going on with these, what they're, how many people they're killing. Crazy. And you know, I mean, crazy. And it's so obvious. I know. I mean, and of course, how stupid do you have to be to have not known that from the beginning? You know, I mean, I know. you know, it's like my own sister. She's gotten like three shots, you know? How do you, how do you, and, I know, I know. You know, I mean, and it's, it seems like, I mean, I don't even know. I, I just can't even imagine it, you know? And so now it's all coming true, you know? Oh, yeah. Remember, uh, you know, I mean, look at all these, like, you know, uh, top athletes that are, you know, tennis and soccer and stuff like that. They're keeling over right there on the field, you know? I mean, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it didn't used to be like that. No, no, no. They're making up names for it, Russell, like uh, a sudden adult death syndrome, you know, like sad, like the kids, now they're, yeah. and they're going to blame it on another virus and monkey pox, and they're crazy. They're, they're lunatics, you know? What are you saying? <laughs> well, Mr. Pentley, I hope you uh, uh, take care of yourself. So you married a Ukrainian girl, so you have a you have a chum with you? Yeah, yeah, she's the greatest, man. She's a school teacher, yeah. English teacher, uh, smart, beautiful, tough, resilient resourceful great cook she's my guardian angel oh that's nice good and, for you um, good for you yeah. and we're we're gonna live the rest of our lives here in donetsk and you all have food you all have food what you need Every, i mean if 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 americans and saw and i might have to make a video about this <laughs> i mean all the stores are full i mean wow. uh, hmm. a gallon of gasoline here's like two bucks two dollars Really? Yeah. And like my car, I have a, a car that runs on gasoline or uh, on propane. Uh, um, propane's $1.20 a gallon. Really? Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's everything. I mean, it's, it's, you, it's getting harder to find Coca-Cola now, <laughs> but you can still find Mexican tequila. You can still find uh, Irish whiskey. There's still Jim Beam in the stores, and it's about the same price it is in the United States. I mean, you know, the economy here is strong. You know, I mean, the uh, the level of pay here 
is actually pretty low. It's around, I don't know, three three hundred to four hundred bucks a month. Whoa! For average workers, say. And what's your currency you know, but, in Ukraine? What is your currency? Is it the euro? Uh, when Donetsk People's Republic, we use rubles, Russian rubles. We well, use Russian rubles, really? Yep. Wow. I mean, but like you know, um, a nice apartment in in the in the center of the city run you one or two hundred bucks a month um and that's a nice apartment furnished i mean you know your gas electric uh water heating all utilities run you about 20 25 bucks a month really and that's even if you run the air conditioner in the summer you know i mean hmm. the medical care is free here the education is free here you know i mean like if you get sick or something, you might have to buy your medicine. But the doctor visit, if you stay in the hospital, doesn't cost you nothing. Now, is this in all of Ukraine what you're saying, or just where you are? No, 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 no. This is in the Donetsk People's Republic. Okay, the Donetsk People People's Republic, which is not Ukraine. Which is not Ukraine, and which is they this want is the part that broke away from Ukraine. Yeah, which they want to make Ukraine, oh, Russia. Oh, well, it's. Which we're gonna we're gonna make Ukraine the Donetsk People's Republic, and the people there are gonna be happy and lucky about it. And how many people are in the DRP? Um, actually, I think it's like two point four million. I might oh. have said like a million earlier, but that's like I think it's two point four million in the DR, the DRP, and then uh, a DPR, excuse me, DPR, and then there's about another million and a half in the Lugansk. People's Republic. So it's the two breakaway republics, about four million people total. Four million people. And are other Ukrainians in the other areas moving there because they know what you guys got going on? Well, uh, yeah, some a hmm. lot have. I mean, and they don't have to move because we're bringing it to them right now with the help of our Russian buddies. <laughs> we're liberating them. I mean, I've, I've been in Mariupol. They're bringing, I mean, as soon as the fighting stopped, Russia was bringing in, you know, 50 tons of human aid a day. Wow. Every day. And how many Nazis would you estimate are in uh, your D D R D DPR? Um, you know, there's, uh, I would say that here it's, you know, you know, between the spies and the fifth columnists and stuff, <laughs> I'd say probably maybe 5%. Five percent of the of the four At million. Most. Yeah, five percent. So, or do you feel safe now to go out and just do you carry a gun? Yes, I do carry a gun, and I have I have a pistol that I don't go outside with, and I have a AK seventy four at home. And uh, I mean, I'm on the death list. I'm on the Ukrainian death list. I bet you are. Yeah. Uh, there's a price on my head of sixty thousand dollars has been since I got here. Um, but I've never, I've actually never had any problem. But, uh, you know, and, you know, when I came here in December of 2014, I didn't really expect to live through the winter. Hmm. You know, I mean, I didn't have a death wish. I just was being realistic about, didn't think you were going to make it. Yeah. My, my chances, you know, and, uh, Fortunately, I lived, um, you know, and so it's all it's all been gravy since then, you know. Hmm. 
Okay, final question uh, for you, and this is kind of fitting to live with. This is from Ronald. He is in Seattle. So I really have enjoyed your guest. Thanks for having him on. So what would it take for a fellow like me? I'm 35, single. Sounds like I might want to move to Russia. Would that be easy, difficult, or do you know? A good question. So, I mean, what if somebody just wanted question. to, yeah, what uh, if they just wanted to go to Russia? Is it a big deal? Could you do it? I mean, could you do it? Yeah, there's, uh, I have, I have friends that are in the process of doing it right now. Huh, really? And uh, more than one. First, I want to say hi to Ron. I, uh, yeah. I lived in Marysville, oh. Everett, for about seven years. I love, I love the Pacific Northwest, and uh, it's it's one of the greatest areas of the United States, especially once you get up into the mountains and outside the city. The first thing you got to do is start learning Russian. I mean, that's just learn Russian. That's the most important yeah. skill you can have is to be able to speak the Russian language. Right. It's, it's how everyone is going to. Um, evaluate you. I mean, your intelligence, your character, your dedication, they're going to rate all of that exactly on how well you can speak Russian. There's a lot of Russians in Seattle, man. You can get friends with them, start <laughs> learn the taking language. some lessons, learn. Then the next thing you got to do is get yourself a, uh, a Russian visa and, uh, you know, have some kind of skill that's... Uh, you know, so, so and somewhat in demand. It's not that hard because, you know, Russia has a lot more land than they have people, and they want more people. Hmm. They want more people. Hmm. So the main thing is to learn Russia, um, make some contacts in Russia, make some contacts with Russia in, Russians in Seattle, and help them, let them help you start learning Russian. And... Get a visa and come for a visit, man. You'll love it. And uh, believe me, um, the West is going down the tubes, and Russia is going to be ascendant. It's going to be, um, it's going to be the best place to live for the rest of this century. Are there places in Russia where the weather is not like crazy, crazy cold a lot? Is there some nice moderate? Sure. I mean, yeah. uh, <clears throat> even here in Donetsk, it's it's not. It's not that bad. I mean, here in Donetsk, I lived in Minneapolis for seven oh, years. Oh, that gets that's, cold there, man. <laughs> that's pretty cold, you know. It's yeah. it's warmer here than it is in Donetsk. I mean, like right now, it's probably 75 degrees with the window open on a summer evening. Um, you know, it'll, it can get up to 100 degrees in the summertime in the daytime here in July and August. And then in the winter, you know, you get, you know, you get a real winter here. You know, you have snow for most of three months. It'll get down below um, zero degrees Fahrenheit for, I don't know, two or three weeks out of the winter, which is cold. You know, but other than that, I mean, it's hey, it's free air conditioning if you're from Texas, you know. Yeah, yeah, I understand. All right, kiddo. Well, thank you so much for uh, spending so much time with us. It was very enlightening to kind of get your take on Russell Bentley, Russell, Texas Bentley. And so right now, I guess your best place to to touch bases with him would be, uh, we're going to say Russell, is it RussellBentley.info or .org? No, it's uh, RussellTexasBentley.org. Okay, RussellTexasBentley.org, if they would like to. Mm -hmm. and that's, to that's my new website. 
I got the same, russeltexasbentley.info and russeltexasbentley.com, but those uh, are no longer being updated. Well, The up.org is a new one, and uh, I'll be working on that one here. It just started just started it a couple of days ago, so give me a couple of weeks, and I'll have it up and running like uh, a Ferrari. All right, sir. Well, thank you. Uh, may the blessings be to you. Uh, you stay well now. Take care of yourself. Thanks a lot, Patrick. I'm glad to have you on. Keep in touch. Send me a link, and I'll share it on I will. Uh, Telegram I'll send you. and uh, cool. contact. I'll send you a link. I'll check you out on Telegram, right. too. Thank bye you, bye. brother. Bye-bye. Take care. May the blessings be. Bye. Well, what a, what a nice fellow, huh? Right in the... Right in the... Shoo, man, right in the... The belly of the beast over there. Russell Bentley. RussellTexasBentley.org would be the best place. So I will see you tomorrow. We're going to dig into carnivore, eating more meat, yeah, not eating as many oxalates as we used to. You're going to learn about oxalates with a very... Um, talented uh, and uh, well-educated lady, Sally K. Norton, Sally K. Norton, uh, and she'll be here tomorrow at 10 o'clock. I love you all very much. Thank you for your support. Appreciate you supporting us by buying the products that we recommend. That's how we make our living and make our house payment, and we're grateful that you do that. I love you all very much. See you tomorrow. Uh, May the blessings be. From the Hill Country in Texas, This is OneRadioNetwork.com.